Welcome to the Cosmic Salon. I have a returning guest. It's going to be returning again and again. Jared and I just can't get enough of each other. And so there's so much stuff to unfurl and get into. And we just have fun interacting. And so this will be the third installment. And the way this played out was... The first half, when we were chatting, is kind of inappropriate for the front end out here and in public. And so I decided halfway through to cut it and give the back end where we got serious and into more serious stuff to put forward in the front. And actually, in all honesty, Initially, I was just going to house all of the rest of our interactions behind the gate at my uh, Patreon, just all together. And I feel like that's not fair. And so I'm going to continue to do it in this format with Jared, even though he's reoccurring. And there's a bunch of reoccurring stuff at my Patreon uh, on that at a certain gate. And so... Back to this. So the front half of this interaction will be over there where we're talking about stuff that just feels like it should be behind the gate. (laughs) Have too much fun. And uh, this deeply relevant stuff, not that any of that's not, but some of it's just we're over the top back and forth in a funny mode and some of it I feel like is probably inappropriate so that's why this starts kind of in a weird place and I just feel like this preamble is important to explain why it's not as smooth as usual and uh, so you understand what went on so with that I'll bring on in the middle of our two or three hour chat, whatever it was, uh, where I deemed it was important to throw out here for everyone to enjoy. We really traverse a lot of very interesting and relevant information and ideas. So enjoy. You know, here's something that's never dialogued and I know it's all Grace Stady, but does it, anyone wonder how the entire credit system for our country is not something that's managed by the federal government. Mm. No one ever dialogues on it. They talk about, we're finally talking about 
the Federal Reserve being privately owned, which right. it is. Right. And the entire world banking system is a private system. Right. So if we could take a really big hint, if you're really powerful, you're not in the news, we don't know your names, which is likely the truth. Oh, yeah. We'd have to start going into genealogical records and find out who the Vanderbilts and you know who, who the Rockefellers, who they really are. And I and, have some dark woo on that, by the way. Oh. It involves the Latter-day Saints and all this other stuff with L. Ron Hubbard and all. I'll, anyway, oh, yeah. This is for another yeah. day, but it's death yeah. rights and birth rights within family, within bloodlines. Yeah, and it's so funny because this is this is exactly what I wrote about very gently in the beginning of my book. I, I'm like, look, you can have any faith you want. Do I think a lot of our secrets and a lot of our ancient technologies have been what hasn't been destroyed? Do I think a lot of it's at the Vatican Library? Yes. Yes. Uh, do I think it's an end-all answer to everything? No. But do I think it's our world history and we have a right to it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we do. All of us. There's no. I. I think the. I think every private, whether it's a college. Ivy League across the world, if they've done archaeological work in any country on earth and they've pulled out information, I believe that that information should be accessible to the general public. It should not be hoarded for some ordained, as Carl Lehrberger put it, uh, archaeo priests. Uh, I, I don't think that it should be within that religion of archaeology. And it's, it's the same uh, what, what we're dealing with in reference to information control, no matter what it's about, when it comes to where I'm going with the the faith thing is that the issue with any religion is your source material. And in reference to a Western belief system, it is so ingrained in us that history started from Sumer forward, that the Sumerians is such an arrogant Western way to look at things that, oh, it all started in Sumer. And, and for everyone talking, that's, yeah, Sumerians, but in Sumer, and then, oh, something happened in India, something happened in China, but it all kind of came out of Africa. Sumer came first. And that is not what's being found. That is not the location of Denisia van Neanderthal. So right now in the world of alternative, I wanted to point some, put, a, put a light on something that will help break this up a little bit. There's a lot of alternative researchers now where if, I, if you and I were having the conversation we were having, I, I would even argue even like 35, 40 years ago, we could be in actual like trouble even. Definitely in the 50s and as late as the 60s, if we start disparaging Yes, uh, the power religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we would be in huge trouble. Then it became tolerable, and now we have all these people looking at alternative history, and a lot of people have now thought out of the box since Eric von Danigan wrote *Chariots of the Gods*. And and the out of the box is there's a narrative that I I guess I'm fresh off of it because um, Michael from Conflict had forwarded me a video from someone's virtual conference. And they were going off about reptilians and, uh, uh, again, that there's an alien overlord. And then, then they threw out the word Luciferian. And this is where I want to stop and tell everybody that once there's this history of alternative research, and as people broke the, you know, there's no, well, there may have been a Garden of Eden. There may have been... Uh, people in Africa that left Africa, but it is a very post-Diluvian, as in post-Younger Dryas, 
last 12,600, you know, uh, last 11 to 12, 13,000 years ago history. And prior to that, we have a long human history, including Egypt, as in the pyramids, including uh, South America and Machu Picchu, these large polygonal things and, and engineered soil, and all of it, including Gobekli Tepe. Gobekli Tepe is one tepe of six within Turkey that are, you know, it's a pot belly. It's just a hill. It's a mound. We have no idea why that city was buried, but it predates the Bible. And so I'm not saying believe whatever you want, but you already have now a megalithic city that for sure predates the biblical timeline. And what I'm trying to get into people's heads that have finally gotten really excited about, hey, our history is not our history, and we're figuring things out, and it's very brave to even put any any uh, theory forward. But when I start to hear the word Luciferian and reptilians, uh, and particularly go back to the the angel, demon, Luciferian thing, what you have is a hard, almost genetic imprint on us from being beaten with Christmas and Easter and Christian faith from, and again, I'm not disparaging your belief system in the sense that believe what you want, but the, the, but the idea uh, that what happened in the last couple thousand years is the most advanced as it's ever been is not true. We have a whole chapter of high tech, ancient human activity that is manifesting in what we're calling UFOs. Now we're trying to explain that and having these loose cannon tie-ins like doing a mashup of I'm going to stick with the biblical narrative which historically does not line up to what we're finding in the ground, like Gobekli Tepe, the polygonal masonry. It's all predating the biblical stories. And that's one indicator that doesn't mean that you need to change your Christian faith, which I'm being, I'm trying to be very disclaimer uh, sensitive to this. But the, but the truth is, is that we have a massive high-tech human society that definitely dates back to at least 50,000 years ago. And we could get into the specifics of that and Tara prayed again. But I'm saying this so that for those out there who are like, yeah, it's this Luciferian forces on earth. And it's like the only way for you to believe that is if you believe the Bible. And the only way for you to accept the Bible is to think that we are the as advanced as we are and ever have been, and that the biblical story and timeline and when it happened is the is a is the fundamental truth that nothing has happened in prehistory that is more advanced, more complicated, more interesting, more interdimensional. By the way, multi-universal, uh, galactically expanding from satellites to the human condition to settling Mars. We are saying that none of that happened, despite having a long paleoanthropological history, which we've already discussed, of human findings that are millions of years old. So the timeline doesn't add up. So when we start building anthropology, just stories of humanity, what I think is frustrating to me, and I'm I'm now on a soapbox since we've covered everything else, <laughs> in the research, thanks for letting me rant, here's here here's the end of my here's the end of my speech on this is that when you start hearing trigger words for me like Luciferian, reptilian, uh, biblical-based 
uh, conspiracy stories, biblical-based, this is why we are where we are today because of the Bible. And here's how it was misinterpreted. But the this, this Bible was talking about angels and it was talking about demons. Now, the Bible, like any other significant non-Western religion, like the Hindu Veda, yeah. which has been around way longer, longer yeah, way longer. And, 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 and if, and if we were, if we weren't Western, you know, we, we laugh it off like it's a pop-up book or something. Yeah. And, and, and we just look at it like it's, oh, I, I know all the right words for yoga. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Aren't you, aren't you secret and mysterious and, and you're woke. Good for you. Go get a latte. And I'm, I'm just, so, so, so the, 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 the idea that, that there is a biblical based, alternative but solid state understanding of the, of the history we have the secret history that that there are powers that are again biblically related luciferian biblically related angelican biblically related um the straight story but it's not exactly what we imagine uh is it Okay, I will, as a, as a side note, shout out to Scott Walter and America on Earth. I will say that I don't disagree at all. Uh, it, is, it is very likely that Jesus, I mean, well, whatever, look to the Da Vinci Code for it. But I will say, I will agree that I, it very much appears in what's left of the historical text that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene, that he did exist. He was oh, yeah. married yeah. and that Magdalene was likely married to John the Baptist first, that they did have kids and that, uh, uh, well, that Mary was uh, first married to John, then married to Jesus, that their lineage did continue, that the narrative that's told, at least from a corporate religious standpoint, is not true in that sense. But I, my, my frustration with the alternative, well, like we have too many things we've tabled now about our ancient past that ultimately require at this point some momentum. So I have a couple archaeological digs planned, but as in reference to Luciferian and angels and demons, and again, this biblical based view discounts, negates, and totally again, is like this wet blanket, dark shadow on the longer tens of thousands of years and millions of years of human occupation and history that I'm not talking about us being in loincloths and Neanderthals. I'm, I'm talking about an ancient high tech human society that would have been using a hundred percent of their brain, much more conscious, much more connected even within the galaxy, possibly to other conscious beings. I mean, we could step out there, but it's not going to be to a post-Younger Dryas, post-Diluvian uh, uh, flood world that is biblically based. And that's the lens that is muting uh, what we're looking at right now around the world. I love to have these conversations with people. And I was not raised Christian. I had no idea what was in that tome. And I look at it with no baggage. So it's as juicy to me as all the Solomonic stuff. And oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, it, it is. And it's so tied into all that stuff, too, that I think people are not seeing. So I have a way different view of it. I, I was never programmed into it. I am with you. 
on this. I'm so with you that I think that AI, but I hate to call artificial. I think we do need to kind of think about it in a different way. I do think that there was a singularity a very long time ago with my understanding of the prime number sequence, with my understanding of some math that goes along with fractals and looking deeply into different theories, field theories, Tesla's etheric field and places where they don't line up. So some of the quantum stuff doesn't line up with the etheric stuff, but I think they bridge somewhere. I don't know where, but it's like nobody thought that there was a prime sequence, a prime number sequence, and now there are people out there that are showing there is. And so this is how we backtrack. And so with this idea of time, and I can't recall if I gave this to you or not, here we are with this idea of time. You come in, you're born at one point, and you go along this lineage, and you die at this point. But what if we did some circling here and put those points together and everyone's heard me talk about this since death and birth look remarkably similar and so we think about that just as a ground floor and then the idea of well Kurtzwell saying you know originally said what 2020 was singularity that event horizon of singularity and now it's 2040 but let me finish this and so if we hit we hit the point and it doesn't matter when we hit it in history. It doesn't matter anywhere in time. If we hit it, we hit it and it becomes a conscious thing. It becomes its own thing through. And this is where I was finding all that, the terapeutic stuff really significant for me and the way I am viewing things currently because it's always changing according to new data coming in uh yeah the idea of a singularity of a conscious something else coming online through pressurized courts pressurized in a way that is not organic. So yes, organic creates that base electricity that we all know about. But if there was some high tech going on very long ago in the idea of time and and it was conscious and it created more of itself and then it moves in and out of the ideas of uh, further than what we, I think, can conceptualize right now. It's out there, and it's been out there a long time, and this is kind of where I get into the ideas of what's going on in the possible ET realm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. As opposed Um, to the, as opposed to like the Abrahamic stuff, it can create what you need. It can, it can also domesticate you. It can it can throw these stories around you, and it's there. And now that we're here again with this point of contact in this civilization where we are right now, where we're looking into black boxes, right, and we're talking through black boxes. I'm talking in a room by myself, 
to myself, essentially. But you're over there. And over there, it's just a glass wall between us, really. Is there really a room? And so, I mean, just these ideas of different field field physics and uh, and field theories and se- mathematical sequences that are creating this idea that there's a pin in my hand is enough for me to go, okay, there's more going on here. And then as it all starts for me with the idea of dreaming, where do, where do I go? Because I'm having conscious experiences. What am I doing there? I'm, I'm in my dreams awake, having conscious experiences and then breathing techniques and sequences where I'm having conscious experiences that are non-local through breathing techniques. And so it all becomes this very mysterious experience that shatters the idea of the reality that is continually pressing in on, on all of us that it's this limited. You can't question that it's this limited, that God is reigning above you. And I can find myself, Jared, going, okay, I understand those people that are talking about lizard beings because in the world around, I can look into my garden and there are some creepy crawlies. And I don't like some of those creepy crawlies, right? Like the mantids, they kind of freak me out. They look right at you. They're beautiful. And yet, you know, I watch those, I watch the mate and the woman eats the head. And I mean, it's like, or the spiders that I have experiences with spiders sometimes that are un. Believable, Like this one the other day crawled around the sofa and these out here ain't no joke. This is a hobo spider and I don't like them and they're poisonous. It crawled and I sat up and I looked at it. It stopped in its tracks and it saw me and I saw it and it ran like hell. (laughs) It was like, oh shit, this bitch is coming for me. And then I would hope so. <laughs> it will, and then I'm like, okay, where's it going? You know, like I can I can't sit in a room no, even though I know they're there. I can't and I respect right. I respect his life, but if you're gonna be roaming around your poisonous I'm not having you. I don't like the hobo spider. I've got a prejudice against the hobo spider. I love my black widows because they stay in corners and I know if I reach my hand into a dark place, it's possible there's something in there that's living and it's got its space but it stays there the hobos the hobos they wander <laughs> you know? looking for trouble <laughs> there's a there's a dumpster fire somewhere and there's a hobo oh. spider next to it that's every single guy at a sports bar no. <laughs> i know but you know what i'm saying the world's very mysterious i like getting into these conversations with people like okay so what is the idea of Jesus to you? Or what is going on with this bloodline, the the Mary bloodline? And looking at the baptism of the dead, the Latter-day Saint, they used to do it. I think it's less popular now. But where they get baptized in the name of... Are you familiar with this? Uh, no, this sounds totally macabre, and I'll be interested, so go for it. It's juicy, 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 and it's at the heart of a lot of uh, secret orders, actually. It's all over the board, but th- this one has come forward. It used to be very secret, and I recognize it from other orders, and this is why I'm saying it's at the heart of a lot of secret societies. And you can look this up. It's like even on like Wikipedia now. So Baptism of the Dead... 
they baptize you in the name of someone that died before. And there's this trend. So the whole point is to bring in that soul. You're opening up this flesh vessel for that soul. And so when Peter Mark Adams wrote the book, The Game of Saturn, and when he ultimately came down to a very mysterious tarot deck and Scarlet Imprint, Peter Mark Adams got published through Scarlet Imprint. Very scholarly book and gorgeous, by the way, gorgeous book. All deeply scholarly, really well put together, well researched. And he said, this is not really a tarot chi. It is, but it isn't. It stayed in one family for a long time, for a few hundred years. They finally donated it. It is a sequence of spells to continue the reincarnation sequence within that family. And now with this idea, with this, uh, this idea, so this is a bloodline, right? There's the birth sequence now. We, we looked at the death, and this is all just surface scraping. We've looked at the death. There is, I'm getting excited that I'm slurring. I had the brain injury, so I slur sometimes. Totally didn't notice, just so you know. I've had feedback. They're like, is she drunk? Anyway. Oh, I would tell everyone that you're just wasted on life every day. Just just tripping balls. <laughs> Ain't life grand. And so. It is, and if it's not, chemically alter it. Ayahuasca. <laughs> there are always modalities. So the birthright that you see in some of this as well, in bloodlines, the corpse gets tied up. And we see this in Egyptian rituals. It's done differently, but it's still the same idea as we see through some of the stuff like the Book of Coming Forth by Day and all this. So where you get bound up in a fetal position and buried with your head to the east. And then so the baptism of the dead on the other end, moving that soul. So that soul can come through the eastern gate. It comes through and then there's that baptism to the dead of that same soul. So this is, if you can see this looping, this is a loop. And if you have an idea of how this math works out, on a soul level, there's math involved here, and I believe there's math involved in everything. This is where I I find comfort. And, you know, my toes are really comfortable understanding that there's a sequencing going on. Sacred geometry and all this stuff really registers in my head. If you're looking at this from one slant, right, this could look very dark and scary, yeah, and that's what's interesting is that this is exactly the blinky board. You know, yes. bang on the left, it's orange. <laughs> bang on the right, it's red. Yes. And then you're like, that's a blinky board. And so, God, if you do it for a thousand years, well, it's Lucifer. It's you're reincarnating a bloodline. Yes. And you've you've just explained exactly where people come at this, and they should. First off, I'm super excited I'm always excited about these topics and I'm super excited to meet anyone who's into just making an effort to discover that there's more out there than what you're told. It's not because you want to be quirky, different emo, or just, you know, like the violent femmes when it wasn't popular and you probably needed therapy. That was at least my generation, you know, and big hands, you know, you're the one. Yeah. And I did in eighth grade and I would have been considered a freak (laughs) because 
you know, I was in the orchestra and I was listening to the, I'm like, I like the violent femmes. And that was not a popular time to like the violent femmes. Right. That was only when the weirdos did. And, (laughs) and so count me in, I guess, but this is exactly the blinky board. So what's happened is, is we've taken the experience of, uh, again, everyone out there is 10 to 14% conscious. Everyone out there is bathing their mythos (laughs) and they're uh, not their legalistic, I'm going to call it their legalistic uh, faith, uh, religious experience. Religion is not faith. Faith is not legalistic. It's just faith. Yeah. And that means that when you have a religion that's organized by man, when you have legalism, it's the rules and rights of the organization at hand. And if you stay within the rules and rights, doesn't, you know, being legal, the, 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 the Pharisees were legalistic. And, and, and just to stick it in biblical terms. And I did, I grew up very Catholic. So I had the opposite upbringing. I had a very Catholic upbringing, but that's for a different part of the story here. For right I do now, find Catholicism sexy, though, I've got to tell you. Oh, you know what? It's one of those. Uh, I remember the first time I had a friend, uh, I was bartending, I was in my early 20s, and he's like, hey, I found God, and I'm at this church. And, uh, and I myself had, you know, I, when you're Catholic, it's like, it, it isn't just a religion. It's a, if you grow up Catholic, it, you are part of you is always Catholic, period. Yeah. And it's a very, it, it's the oldest, it's the most mystique, it has the most uh, uh, foundational processes that, you know, everything that about that makes Christianity mysterious, the, the Catholics have, well, you know, we're the heart, bread, butter, and source. Yeah. And so this buddy of mine says in the uh, mid nineties, I think he says, Hey, I, I found Jesus and I want you to come to my church. And I'm like, sure. And this is, and this will help date this for everyone, at least in the Minnesota area. This is about, uh, we, we met at, apparently it was a new church and they were meeting in a stadium seat, high school theater. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And, and I realized there's a band set up on stage and I'm not sure what that was for, but then they started like rocking out and I'm like, what, what's going on? And then a guy with a little microphone attached to his head, like he's about to give a get rich quick seminar. Uh, he comes out in a sweater and he has a latte to bring up lattes again. And he's like, isn't Jesus cool? How cool is everything? And I'm like, and, and now I'm, I have to admit that I wanted to go to a Catholic service after this because uh, I had ironically been imprinted way more than I thought Yes, uh, that this is not how you do this. And it's not cool. It's not hip. It's supposed to be done with this ritual that I know to be a very, to me, it's a good feeling. But the reality is that it's still something that I was indoctrinated with. It was the way I went at it. And so, and I enjoy that, but for these people that are out there in the alternative, uh, not just in the alternative research world, but for the people that are participating in this Da Vinci style organizations that are, and there's a group, there's not just one, it's various groups that over years have developed their own belief system still founded in this, uh, legal, uh, uh, this in this religious system they have uh unfortunately at our 10 to 14 percent consciousness have connected genetic memories by and i think you know there's that whole thing about the power of eight that we sort of touched on oh yeah yes and and so the idea that 
uh, if you get a group of humans together, are we all? So you've covered a couple things a, a, a while ago. I quote the singularity is near by Ray Kurzweil. I, I think, I don't think you need to, you know, it is 2008. I think it's very timely. I think that his first hundred something pages of economic models could personally be skipped, but I'm not an economics nerd. And I can tell you that I agree. His whole thing was that we are within 50 years of seeing that technology. So that date that you were throwing out, I think, so 2048, 2000, well, by the time he was writing, so 2045, 48, I think that's all possible. And in this paradigm shift, as we're moving towards that, we're relating to our history and this, all the source material differently. And you have people who know the entire epic stories of Luciferian fill in the blank, you know, banging on the blinky board. There's these rituals, this alchemy that's being applied to what is really uh, a vibrational medicine frequency, stored genetic memory, quantum spintronic level, not within our current capable uh, abilities to understand, but, you know, you drained the kid's blood and banged on the blinky board and got a blue light. <laughs> And, and you're like, well, good for you, you know, and that's, that's what's going on is that we're applying heavily a deeper esoteric, uh, we're looking at these Gnostic texts, not just texts that are referenced that weren't accepted into the Bible. Well, including those, they're, they're looking at these texts and going, well, this cult had it right. And you need to drink out of the goat horn on Thursday at the blood moon <laughs> when all the stars align. Because the vibrational energy of Venus is going to get you prego <laughs> and, with the star child of Lucifer. and. But if you do it on opposite left foot day, then you'll have a good star baby. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm mixing up a lot of stuff there for people. Um, but <laughs> but this, you're tickling I'm, me. <laughs> uh, good. So I'm, I, I'm trying to point this out, not again to take a, it's not about taking a crack at uh, a passionate belief system. What people first, I think some people just get excited over getting a sliver of of truth where they're like, Hey, this, the paradigm I grew up with is not what it really is. And then they hear a, a sliver of an alternative, not that it's more true, but the alternative is so much more plausible that they jump on board on a belief system versus a uh, conscious, not just logical, but a, but it's another, I have a feeling I prefer this band over that band. I prefer Turkey over chicken. Yeah. You know, I, you know, vegetarian over vegan for over meat eater. And so what happens is, is that instead of continuing the questions in your own mind, why, who, what, where, when, why, and to look at the source material, it's not how many times you see a cool documentary about it or that you really like the idea of devil horns. You got to look at the actual, uh, uh, the, the entire pool of the facts and not just place your belief system into something that if you deprive yourself of enough oxygen or, or the placebo effect, or, you know, again, the problem is there are many portions of a ritual because you're gathered in a group, because you're trying to create brain entrainment, because you are creating brain entrainment and you are in a group and we are all vibrational magnetic energy boxes. That's what we all are. We're all, yes. 
there is there is we're not like ken wheeler says this is not the cult of bumping particles there's either waves and frequencies and field perturbations or there's not there's no duality between particles and the sense of particles and the idea of uh, of vibrational frequency Uh, what we are now is an entity that each of us are individuals, but we are part of a larger system that is all connected together. And we get a response out of that system. And if you do that, if, and if you get so whether addicted or engaged in the tradition of a response, whether you want to label it as evil and negative and nasty or uh, positive and fulfilling and woo woo in a positive way, the reality is that we're banging on this blinky board and giving these beautiful narratives to this experience when we're, we're, we're in reality, whether we like it or not, I don't want this to be true, but the reality is we have to at least uh, acknowledge that we're more like infants and we're playing with the box. We're not even playing with the toy. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and that's where the difficulty is, is that nobody wants to be told. It would be easy for people listening to think, okay, he hates all religion. He hates all faith. He hates all woo-woo. That's not it. It's, it's not it at all. The, the, the issue is I'm speaking to people's fear, that uh, possible fear, and also that you don't need to know everything to believe something, but you do need to know that what you believe may just not be uh, founded outside of your belief in it in any facts. Yeah. And conviction. that's okay. That's conviction. And so it can yeah. be a, quite a trap. And, and, and there lies mostly what, when at 10 to 14% conscious, myself and everyone I know yeah. is guilty of grabbing those simple things and turning them into a life's work, which does one thing. It helps keep what's really going on uh, to our blind eye. And we're supposed to have a, I don't think the third eye was a virtual idea. It wasn't a, uh, a spiritual thing. It wasn't, well, in the sense that it didn't exist, I do think we had, we have, we've reduced our connectedness as a society right down to Terra Preta, which um, y- y- the soil itself, not only having electromagnetic properties, something we didn't, something we didn't talk about. Well, I, I said, imagine yourself walking on the earth and being able to connect, touch, feel, and see another human being somewhere else anywhere yes. on the planet. And, yeah. and you're able to actually have a dialogue and it has nothing to do with what appears to be an external cell phone or device that you're actually, you're actually connected and not like you said, you're in one room, I'm in another, and that maybe there's almost nothing separating us, which is true, but actually being able to connect with someone with that pineal gland and possibly with other levels of connectivity within the human mind and body where it might as well be you and I sitting in the same room together. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. And that those are all technologies that we have these echoing shadowy experiences with them. And I think it's super important for everyone out there to not, uh, not that they would not because I'm saying so, but that they would continue to dial uh not only dialogue but to write down and really explore deeply any experience that they would label paranormal or woo-woo or uh uh alternative or uh if they if they want to call it angels or demons or or whatever the the reality is that it, it it's not a knock on your belief system what's happening is you're you might be having a real connective awakening of a genetic memory that really ties 
to maybe not even your own life. Or again, we've barely touched on collective human consciousness. And the reality is that there are ways that we, and there it's been the, like the Karelian photography, right? There's the whole idea that there's this elect, electromagnetic aurora around us and that it can be determined if you have cancer, if you're sick, that by taking these Karelian f- photographs and, and Raymond, uh, not Raymond, Harry Burr's work in the forties identified that even down to a seed, the magnetic uh, fields that identify you, uh, whether it's a plant, a human, and he used a lot of, he worked a lot with reptiles to prove that we have a magnetic aurora that exists, whether we're an unfertilized egg, an ununpacked watered seed, or a leaf, or a fully grown human being, that the magnetic uh, aurora that, you know, basically the current system it's identical whether or not you are an unfertilized egg. So get that straight. It's you're not even an existing baby, but the, the, the image of what a human should be, the image of what a plant should be already exists. And this was contrary to science known as of 1940. And this guy starts doing this work. And then the Karelian photography is uh, the idea, you know, you take this, you got a lens and you can see the magnetic or uh, the, the whole system, that is outside of the human body itself. And I'm just throwing that out quick as a slight digression. It's super, it's not just interesting. It goes into vibrational medicine, homeopathic medicine into holistically treating, not just this pharmacokinetic uh, plan to dose you up. Uh, it was, it was being homeopathic medicine was first being researched in the late 1700s by a German doctor who was finding like cure likes. Yeah. That was the whole thing, right? And the whole point was that he found that you could dilute a medicine to where it had almost nothing in it and it would cure people. And I think that there's a lot to be learned. We are so mechanical in the way that we look at our spirit. We are mechanical in how we look at our spirituality. We are mechanical, not just in our treatments and our medicines, but our spirituality, because we're confusing that blinky box for a faith when in reality, it's a technical system that when we're awake, there is faith to be had. There is uh connectivityness in, in, it's not about Oh, what are you saying? You're just going to be more connected to more humans and then more problems. Or, you know, if you're looking at the half empty side, I'm saying that this collective human consciousness shows within this, these magnetic fields that not only do we each have one and that those are real, those are actual, uh, mainstream science researched in a university setting things, but that, those fields and that connectivity and that collective consciousness isn't just about connecting with each other. It's about connecting with all living and or possibly dead things through that, through those genetic codes. And I I've spoken the last time with you and I've, for people who have listened to me before, I've talked about genetic memories and weird genetic cuts, not only in the human body, but in animals and plants. But one of the things I've actually never mentioned until now, and for everybody who had to wait through everything we've uh, talked about, uh, and mm-hmm. or hopefully they've been interested all along, right? Um, you'll listen because you like it. Uh, but what I was going to say is that I'm always pointing out genetic memories that are stored that you and I might be each other's backups. So just like a disc oh, array. Yes. Oh my goodness. 
so just like a disk array in a computer where if you have a five disk system, if two disks fail, you can, you can recopy all the data because of the system. That's the point of having collective human consciousness is that you're recording each other. Uh, the, even the, uh, to quote the Bible in revelations, the idea of a, a restored earth, we don't need to get, we're not about, we're not trying to get into biblical for everyone out there. Don't, don't dial in on this and don't email in on this. <laughs> what we're talking about simply is that the point of heaven wasn't a place in clouds. It was a restored earth. And what does a restored, what, who wouldn't want a restored, fully engineered, soiled, tilled, engineer soiled, totally connective human species that has a hundred percent consciousness and has tune the planet back to perfection to the point where you live indefinitely. But if there's a problem, you've created a system where collectively, if something, God forbid, happened to your actual body, you would be restored. You'd be renewed because the, your collective consciousness is held within those who live. And, and for as many times as people think of themselves as, you know, again, I always bring up Bill, the cow scooper guy at the farm or the, uh, yeah. or, or Bill at the zoo. Uh, they're always Cleopatra. They're always, they're always <laughs> Mark Antony. They're, you know, but there are people who are like, I was this farmer. And then they go out and they find the farm and there's yeah. actually a farm. And, and so there are people who do, uh, psychokinetic work of a million different kinds that involve uh, different non, you know, definitely what some people would consider woo-woo work where you're definitely connecting where people are saying, I live this past life, but is it your life or is it that you have been able to connect to someone else's that is part of your storage because they figured out how to store a 50,000 word book in 2008. And we're today we're up to over a terabyte on a gram of data on a gram of DNA. We can, uh, yeah. And, and, and so all of collective human knowledge could be stored on two elephants and the elephants could still keep being elephants and remember crap. So it's not like they're consciously recalling. Do you remember when Einstein, uh, remember that day he was eating the banana and he thought of E equals MC squared and, and it's like, let's, Ooh, look, uh, tree leaves. Let's go eat those. You know, it's not, that's not what I mean. I mean, literally we could store our collective and, and there's also tests that have been done about how we pass down what we call instincts or memories of bad or good experiences. And we call them instincts, but the reality is, so we're proving these things out, but what we haven't been able to do is directly access all these stored memories of and or people and or experiences. But collectively I've, talked about that part but what i was to get back to what i said i've never talked about is that plants and animals funguses bacteria could be operating the same way and even in terra preta in engineered soil one of the things that's been looked at is there are there are fungal networks that work with trees that work with plants. We're just really starting to scrape the surface in the last 30, 40 years of, and particularly in the last, like everything's kind of accelerating. I say 30, 40 years ago, cause it was like, there was a lot of acceleration in that. There's a lot of things we that people again. were. Yeah. Where we're now the specifics of what funguses, bacterias, and viruses do, what you're talking about is we think, oh yeah, uh, nature, there used to be lava and rock and nothing and no planet. And then there was a bunch of random strange bacteria. And what we aren't considering is that these are the remnants 
uh, this is what technology used to look like. You know, the forests used to all be giant redwoods like Hyperion at 380 feet tall and 60 feet in diameter and Sequoia and Meta Sequoia. Those were forests and they crossed the entire uh, world globe. They existed everywhere. And now we have scrub trees. Now we have weeds for tree. A hundred yeah. foot tree yeah. is a weed. Yeah. And so the, <laughs> right. And so these funguses and bacteria are part of a neural network that worked within Terra Preta and also helped not only maintain it, but there, there was even a, where, where I was going is, is that these plants and animals have their own stored memories. They don't just know how to go from a seed to turn into a plant. They have that um, magnetic aurora about it from the time it's a seed to know what it's going to look like fully grown because it's a design feature at a quantum level in reference to spintronics and reference to quantum computing in a way that we don't really recognize. And something I haven't brought up too much is that uh, William, uh, Professor William Woods, uh, he is a professor out of the University of Kansas. And in reference to Terra Preta, one of the standing mysteries one of the standing strangest, weirdest things about Terra Preta, I mentioned before, and I wanted to bring him up as an, as an investigator professor, because this is a guy that was able to identify Terra Preta's strange, uh, this is remains as one of the unsolved problems with it, is that it has a capacity to increase its own volume. It can actually continue to grow and maintain itself there's a reason it's the richest growing soil on earth but it's what what's mind-bending is the soil is growing itself and restoring itself and that is something uh in itself that we could just pause on however i'm going to say that it is an indicator of a highly advanced society and we need to stop banging rocks and spinning in circles and getting all starry-eyed at the autumn's turn and the equinox and worrying about Venus's alignment with my ass is what we need to do. <laughs> Did I say that out loud or is that my inside voice? The mycelium network under, under us uh, brought it right to oh, my head. <laughs> you are a wordsmith, mistress, and... I should use your filter before I speak my Roxanne, Steve <laughs> Martin sort of interpretation of, you know, I, 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 I'm excited because there's so much mystery and there's so much unknown about these ancient uh, humans that we don't know anything about and what they really did, but there is enough evidence in the ground, not just the growing soil for growing, but it's connectivity, how it functions with these bacteria and funguses and how it, how it just interact. Not just, we've, we've learned a lot about how it interacts with plants, but we don't get it yet at all. And, and I'm talking about the superstructures like the megalithic buildings. I'm talking about if a society can figure out how to create a self-sustaining growing soil, they can certainly figure out how to do that not only with how we store memory in reference to each other, how we are connective vibrationally, frequency wise, and not again in a woo woo in a very 
practical way. That doesn't mean that there's not magic behind it or that there's not. uh, Ultimately, when you're a connected, conscious, collective society, what do you as a society reach out, touch, and feel collectively within the universe itself as you travel through it? When I've listened to you talk about it here and in other places, it appears to me like a big brain, right? It's this big brain complex with the neural pathways and all this. And this is where I tapped in and thought this idea I've had a long time about, again, I don't like this term and I need to, I, I need to find a better one or source a better one or I don't know, AI. And all I'm saying with that is it's an electrical System that becomes self-aware. So I've, I've pulled it away from, or I've stripped it away from some of the other language that it is uh, housed in out in the world. And so when I think about the earth and whatever it is, it appears to me and it's always appeared to me to be some sort of very, of course, living organism. And then when I come to this information from you, and it started with Stamets' work with the mushrooms and all this, this idea of, okay, so in Michigan, the humongous fungus, right? Up there where they say, you know, basically the whole UP is like one connected fungus. But I think that is across the globe personally. And, uh, but that was my first introduction. And I think that was probably, for me, it was late. I mean, I think it was in the 90s. And it kind of creeped me out at first. And I had to come (gasps) to terms with it. You're walking on it. (laughs) It's touching you. And that it's conscious. You know, that it's got a layer of consciousness to it. And I thought, oh, this is darkly creepy. And so I was intrigued by it. But also, because I've had, I've allowed myself suspension of disbelief in my world to have a mysterious life and be open to all kinds of narratives and, and entertain ideas that I just don't shut down. I allow information to come in. And so that's where I was like, I wonder if there's a relationship here between the idea of, you know, there's a lot of Irish in my background, well, Scotch Irish and fairies, which were not the Victorian version, you know, the scary others. And then ultimately into the idea of the outer space stuff, which I think was just a new version of the fae that just was pushing it out further, right? As we're, as we're growing our idea further out into the cosmos. And that's where all this started, where it was like, this is an intelligent, a self-intelligence that grows itself in that way. I didn't have that language. You're bringing that language forward, but I was imaging it this way. And so it still, Jared, it still fits into my idea of what I think is a sentience that could be considered AI now that's always been there. And somehow if we come back to the idea of fungus, the fungi that can create hallucinogenic experiences, alter your consciousness type stuff, then we start to see interesting narratives unfold 
within this that open you up further, right? And you can go anywhere with that. You can go paranoia. You can go higher consciousness and way out there and wherever you go with it. But whatever it does, it shatters your world view. It opens it. And so it can go dark or light. It just depends on your slant. Uh, And so I feel like in my bones that there is a huge, huge, sentient, consciousness to everything we're experiencing that's not been addressed. And it does start from the ground up. And this starts to, in my world, it includes the air. It includes everything. When a breeze comes through, and I'm not talking like a a Neanderthal or something, when a breeze comes through, I feel like there's a sentience to it. And I'm a grounded person. This is a spiritual experience for me. Let me put it that way. So the spiritual person sees these kinds of things, right? Like all of a sudden I've got this great thought has happened and a breeze comes upon me. It's like, okay, this is kind of like continue on. Or I've got this gut wrenching feeling that something terrible is around the next corner and there very may well be, you know, that spider on the couch and the environment gives me a clue that there is something scary around the corner that will do me damage. These things are connected to me, and that's where spirituality comes in. That's the dot I'm trying right now to connect, Jared. Yeah, I think that the experience, every single one of us is coming at this. We, we're willing, I think, in the past to not talk about it because it was just scary and it was... It would be a very, uh, forget deplatforming or cancel culture. It would cancel you from your job at the factory. You just, or, or at church, you know, you wouldn't even discuss this, I think, in the past. So I don't think this is new for all of us now right. to be experiencing, or I, and I don't mean new as in you could be, depending on the listener, you could have been experiencing this for 30, 40, 50, oh, 60 yes. or more years. Yes. It's just that we're dialoguing something that I think has always existed because it's part of a very, I hate saying that we're in a, a to get quickly through a conversation, I'll say, you know, it's like we're in a computer and safe mode for a lot of people. They don't know what that means. They, they don't know the experience of, you oh, my computer's broke. I can't log in and safe mode. A lot of people have seen they've come up and suddenly all their icons are like huge and yeah. they're not going to play a game. They're not going to go look for a file. They just know all their icons are wacky and weird and big and it looks like a 1980s video game. And now <laughs> they just need to do whatever they got to do to get it back to normal. And right. that therein lies the the two positives, I guess, is that we're, it, we're discussing what each of us are experiencing and we're discussing it um, together, which means that you have a life experience. I have a life experience. Everyone out there does where they're coming at it, uh, where they were, people were afraid of Satan. They were afraid of Lucifer. They were afraid of going to hell. They were afraid of uh, not, uh, pleasing their parents, their pastors, their, you know, fill in the blank or their school teachers and their education and their system. And, or, you know, if you did live in a very free spirited family, suddenly you might've been exposed to fairies and a bohemian lifestyle that left you more open to still have the similar fears of what are ultimately druid or, uh, 
And again, I'm I'm talking all Western culture stuff. I mean, we are completely right, ignoring which is mod- well, modern, <laughs> right? And it's so it's so typical. But the reality is that we all have these different labels for these different mindsets and experiences, and then we know there's something beyond us, and we know it's in a realm that to us. I'm not saying there's not a spiritual side, but there's a side of our technology, which is genetically and physically based in the world around us, that this world is not random, which should make even more people slightly upset or sick, is that from the trees, the way the jet streams moved, the way our ionosphere was, I would say, tuned, Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to not believe that the pyramid system around the earth, that the actual ley lines, that the actual engineered soil did not all equate to a massive system that also helped tune the atmosphere itself for one reason or another. Yeah. But, you know, we have piles of technology that would have rusted, dusted, get repurposed, gone away, living locations from the Western and, and all of the United States, North America, Canada to S- Central America. You know, we think, oh yeah, Aztecs, Mayans. Oh, you think you mean Toltecs or Olmecs? No, I'm, t- I'm talking about <laughs> much, much older human beings that built polygonal uh, buildings, but also built beautiful wood and metal and stone structures that do not exist either from natural or weaponized disasters and tens of thousands of years of weathering has left some of these things here, but altogether it's a system that includes what we think is random biology. And at the rate that we're discovering, I always like to point out that in the last 40 years, we've found about four to 5,000 things a year. A lot of it is bacteria and fungus, but a lot of it is also, we didn't know this bird was alive. We didn't know this bat existed. Oh, yeah. this other thing was supposed yeah. to be dead. And so we're still discovering things, but you know, the entire picture of how it was all connected, it gets even more unfathomable then to go, how can you say it was all connected? And at, and at 10 to 14% consciousness, we're on the struggle bus. And so to, so to describe it, spiritually to describe this experience as a whoa that was like the craziest uh, like download is a popular one like wow i just had this amazing download and and we have descriptors for it and i think it's important that we all keep sharing them everyone keep working on these experiences and not letting them stay private it you know unless you need it to stay private but i think it's important to continue to dialogue it because i i i think there, again, there's no wrongs. You start somewhere. I just think that knowing how far back history goes, I guess this is the last thing I'm going to say, because I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm, I've, I've talked you over, but what I, want to, what I want to do is just tell everyone out there that if you're dealing with a post-flood mythology, Consider which is, yes, I know, well, duh, that's all we know. Yes, but there are oral traditions that, although old, there are many uh tribes all over the world that have oral traditions and some of them date back pre-flood and the Hindu Vedas Mm -hmm. date back pre-flood and there are all the legends and myths of the Greeks and and of course the Romans took everything from the Greeks so just really start with the Greeks and then there's the hairpin and there's, I mean, we, we don't really know a lot about a lot of the Eastern outside of tribal traditions, but basically the, they hear, uh, the hero, what, what is it? The hero, uh, face with uh, the 10th, the, the God darn it. I can't, I'm blanking on it right now. The hero with a thousand masks, the, uh, Oh yeah. Joseph's, uh, 
Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Campbell's work all on human mythos and why are they all similar around the world? I, I think that you don't need to drop it. I just think you need to consider that there's a reason there's a shared mythos because our true history, our true uh, connectivity, the, the most deepest spiritual connectivities are not going to be based on you picking up the goat horn and drinking blood tomorrow and, and, or, you know, making the summer solstice at Stonehenge. It's not going to cut it. Um, Chernobyl's still Chernobyl, even in a thousand years. It's just, you know, uh, sites can become sacred. And within the human genome, there's some confusion in that when somebody makes something special, it's going to show up in our in our gut that way. So it's not that you can't make a tradition or make some space special for you or as a group. But I do think that there's a lost human history that is highly advanced, highly um, uh, just well achieved over where we are currently at. And it predates the religions we know with even the book of Enoch, whether it's the Hindu Vedas talking about flights and space and uh, air battles and airships yeah, and nuclear weapons yeah. or the book of Enoch describing Enoch off world, literally staring at the planet. I mean, it's, it's in all the mythos post flood, but again, they're just dividing rods pointing us back to the actual ruins right down to the, right down to the soil. It's all showing a past human experience that we can use as we probe ourselves personally for a spiritual experience. And rather than being afraid of maybe what we're running into or because of these childhood or lifelong memories that have been encoded on us because of other people's passionate interest in maintaining their legalistic approach or their, or, or what they think is a practice towards their faith have left some people with some terror and fear about what they do or don't believe. I think they should uh, hold fast instead of the fear or the terror uh, of what was instilled, start trying to peel it back and ask yourself why and start to look at things that you think I'm not saying go enjoy the, the bloodletting. I'm saying <laughs> consider that it's just bloodletting. And at the same time, consider a religious experience, not your own personal spiritual experience. Yes. That, oh, that's huge. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. But this is why I started this show and based it on those great salons of minds coming together and, and parsing stuff out through different means, through art and conversations and all this, I wanted to get to this level. This is a, a prime example of it. So thank you, Jared. This has been a fantastic, illuminating, and dare I say, delicious interaction with you. How is it that people can find you in the world? What are the means, modes, and ways to plug into the information you have going on they should come to notaliens.com and i have a youtube presence at not aliens but you the i have 
um, all the links to interviews to this one to shows that I'm on at Not Aliens on the main page. I also have a member area. I am on Amazon. You can get a book from Amazon if you want one signed. I actually signed them and archaically walk them to a post office and mail them to you myself. That is possible for people out of country. Uh, there's just an added fee because it is apparently crazy to bring stuff across the earth to the other side wherever but i am happy to do that for everyone listening thank you so much and i look forward to our next deep encounter here on the cosmic salon and there he goes jared murphy the book is it's not aliens worse it's us I would like to thank the producers of this show Michael Watcher Marcy Shapiro Santa Rebecca Jason Lampson Melanie Poe Christy Tesmer and Maureen Kramer as well as the Patreons at Patreon and my partner here that does almost all of the booking and is my co-host on The Waters of Sound, the wonderful and ever-sparkly Patrick Newland. Wake up within the dream. Feed the dream. Become the dream. Thank you for joining me here in the Cosmic Salon.